Welcome once again to another episode of No Nonsense Storytime. I'm Chris Panica. I'm Robert Hoffman. And this week, we're going to dive into the history of English fairy tales, and we're going to talk about Jack and the Beanstalk, widely popularized by Joseph Jacobs. Yes, in... 18-something. 18-something. Yep. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of stuff happened then. Yeah. Some good, some bad. A lot of, yeah. But, some good stuff happened in the 1800s. Yeah. Some bad stuff did, too. Yeah. But... Yeah. It was time. It was... Time, it was a time. So... <laughs> let me just recap this story <laughs> yeah oh wait no we're, i guess we don't have to talk much about the author because it it's you know an old oral tradition <coughs> right so it, actually <coughs> that's i mean we can't talk we can't say facts about the author exactly but we could say facts about the oral tradition of storytelling yeah i was just thinking that i kind of wish it was more of a thing yeah like it it pretty much can't let's let's not say facts about it instead just talk about how we feel about it yeah i don't i don't know if that was a jab or no no i'm being serious i realize we don't know any facts about this and that's (laughs) not what we're gonna do anyway i don't know i like digging my heels into things that i don't know about that's true and calling calling the things that i say a fact yep uh but i agree maybe let's I, I love the idea and the, the romance behind oral tradition, mm-hmm. but I've never lived at a point of time where it really existed anymore. Yeah, I think it exists. It just doesn't exist the same way. You know, it doesn't it doesn't exist like it, it does within communities, you know, you know, what oral tradition is now it's just gossip 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 is oral tradition right and and it exists within communities but once something becomes you know big enough that someone can make money on it then it gets written down it's you know it's pressed through the every mold possible the machine yeah yeah but within communities little you know little stories that the general public isn't going to care about but that matter within your little community, those can be passed down orally. That happens, you know. Do you have an example? Um, yeah, I mean... Is the Jersey Devil an example? I mean, that's been pretty widely documented at this point. And, like, there are movies and books. Yeah. But that so I, I probably started right, as an oral tradition. Exactly. Stuff like that. So the, the Jersey Devil is an example of, like, when that sort of thing becomes a big enough thing that people talk about it. Right. And, and, and it, you know, I know what the Jersey Devil is. I'm not from Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear it via, you know. My old granddaddy. My old granddaddy. Yeah. Uh, exa- exactly. As opposed to your young granddaddy. <laughs> right. But within communities, so I, I come from a pretty small town. And I know things about, or at least things I've heard about people who live in this town. You know, stories about, oh, uh, so-and-so's grandfather you know, did this for a living. He did all these things and everybody knew him as the guy who does all the things. And, yeah. you know, that story doesn't matter to anybody who doesn't live in the area, mm-hmm. you know, but it is, it's passed down orally. And you, you'll have stories about that, about people who aren't alive anymore. They can't tell the story. So now people who 
didn't you know yeah so i think that that thing does exist it's just not once things become big as big as jack and the beanstalk it's very different yeah there's have you ever listened to lore before you mean the podcast yeah no but it's I think a pretty good modern day version of oral tradition because each episode is a story about creepy stuff that's happened in history. And it's not that that hasn't been written down. All of it has. Mm -hmm. But most of the stories he talks about are not high profile stories Uh that people know very well. Like like he did have one that was about the Jersey Devil. But a lot of them are about much more like innocuous pieces of history. So it's like, it's oral too, because he's talking. <laughs> That's true. I think it's different. It's different than a small community. With a podcast, even though it's not a written recording, it's not the text, it is a recording. Yeah, it's not the you same know? as being told. I think the closest thing I've ever experienced to oral tradition is things that my parents told me as I was growing up. Like, there was this one thing that my dad used to do. We had... So when I was a little kid, I had freckles across my face. Mm-hmm. I had like really Irish freckles across my face. And we had a dog who was an English Springer Spaniel. And they very often have freckles on their snout. And he always told me that we had another brother that he turned into a dog. And like, <laughs> That's for a good one. Yeah. A period of time, we were young enough, young enough to believe him. And like that. Is probably the closest I've ever come to experiencing oral tradition. I I want to I want to test to see if that's true because I know that I have an experience that's m- closer. So let me ask you if this if this sounds familiar to you. In your high school, uh-huh. did you have anything that was like, oh, years and years ago, such and such did this thing? Unfortunately, no, because my high school opened in two thousand seven. Oh my gosh. Or no, no, it opened in 2003. Okay. The first graduating class was 2007. That's still, I mean, that's still so I very was, recently. I was only the third full class to go yeah. through that school. So I, I didn't have any of that, unfortunately. Sad. We, I had lots of stuff like that. Really? And it was it makes sense. things, I mean, I was in the marching band, right? Yeah. And we had stories about, you know, kids doing things they weren't supposed to do. In the we band had, room after hours. We had that. And these are stories from 12, 15 years ago, you know? So oh, wow. these kids obviously the weren't... Yeah, the legends. We, yeah, we had I legends. Guess, I guess high school... And no one a, wrote that down. You you just heard it from... You were a freshman and some senior would tell you because they got to hear it when they were a freshman. Yeah. And they liked to be the senior telling all the cool band stories. Yeah. So, so that's, that's oral tradition. That's a great example. Mm-hmm. That's a, I, I didn't have as much of that in high school. I had regular gossip. I mean, that's kind of like, it's kind of the <laughs> edge of, it's when gossip becomes history, I guess. Yeah. Um, I probably had some of that in my middle school. Probably. Not, nothing that I remember. The younger you are, the cooler it is. Yeah. Because the, the more, the less um, black and white everything is, I guess. There's so much more mystery. Miss, yeah, right. There's you know, so few things, and we all know so few things. Yeah, I love when something pops up and it's just really a mystery and really just nobody knows about it mm-hmm. because in in our culture that's such a weird thing. Yeah, um, like when something happens 
and this is this is an annoying example because this is not the example I want to use, but I think it is relatable. When something happens in like a celebrity's life, mm-hmm. everybody knows about it. So when something happens in a celebrity's life and it's sort of a mystery for the two hours that no one knows what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. be it a tragic thing or just a weird thing. Yeah. Um, everyone on the Internet is talking all about it because mm-hmm. we crave that mystery so much, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're kids... So I keep thinking, and I don't have a lot of examples, but I keep thinking of like oral tradition about teachers in school. Like you heard this about this teacher yeah, like yeah. before you even get to middle right, school. Exactly. Yes. I remember when I was in elementary school, there was a janitor. His name was George. And he gave Jolly Ranchers to all the kids. He just carried around a bag of Jolly Ranchers. Uh-huh. And like, he was such a legend to yeah. us. And he was so cool. And we liked I'm, we should definitely came up with like stories about him as an adult he was just a janitor who was yep. trying to be nice to kids yeah which we, is great we had a janitor a lot like that too <laughs> i mean if you're a janitor i mean like what a great thing to do yeah um when you're a kid you don't like see the monotony of all the people around you and how right. mundane they really are right i mean because you 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 have no experience living an adult life right so even if you don't want to admit it you really look up to every adult you know mm-hmm. there's it's 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 just it's mystery it's every adult is an authority figure yeah you know yeah uh, and i remember as a kid thinking that i didn't feel that way but as an adult i look back and i realize like Every an adult was every adult was an authority figure. You know, yeah. there was some level of respect <laughs> that capacity. was just base level. Yeah, because you are an adult. Yeah, which I think is a great segue into our story, Jack and the Beanstalk, Jack and the Beanstalk. because we're gonna find that that's a pretty <coughs> relevant topic. Yeah, authority figures, authority figures, and just the there's a lot of authority in this story. Yeah, and there's a lot of relation between the main character and how he interacts with that authority. I'm I'm excited to talk about this story. I have a lot of opinions about it. A lot of I have a lot to say about this story. Yeah. So let's get into All right. it. Go ahead. Yeah, let me give a recap. Okay, Jack and the Beanstalk. Um Jack lives with his mother? His yeah, mother, his right? mother. Yeah. Jack lives with his mother and they Her have father's a father's sick. Something like that. It's not important. I, I'm sure that's one of the details that changes from story to story. Probably, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um Jack lives with his mother. They have a cow named Milky White. The cow doesn't produce any milk it's ironic um (laughs) and they run out of money so the mom's like we gotta sell the cow jack's like okay he brings the cow out jack's a kid by the way isn't know what he's doing yeah brings the cow out meets this man the man knows his name already and is like jack i'll uh take that cow here's some magic beans takes the magic beans he brings them home his mom gets mad at them throws them out the window Jack goes to bed, all upset, wakes up, giant beanstalk going through the house up into the sky. Uh, So he goes out, he climbs the beanstalk, there is a a giant couple that lives up there, and he asks for some food, and he gets some food um, from the, the, the... female giant <laughs> the giantess mm. i guess they're ogres in in this uh telling 
Yeah, I suppose they are. Same thing. It goes back and forth. Ogre Giant. I'm probably just going to say both throughout. Yeah, it's fine. Um, actually, in the text, it just says the ogre's wife. They never specify that she is, in fact, an ogre. She could be anything. She could be. <laughs> I feel like it's... I feel like the assumption is that yeah. she's an ogre and okay. knows what the intention was. Yeah. But, so, I mean, we could be... <laughs> sure. Wife ogre um, is nice to Jack and says, Oh, you're not gonna like husband ogre. He's gonna eat you. <laughs> and then he comes home, smells Jack's blood. He's <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat that kid if he's alive or dead. <laughs> and then Jack hides gets away with it, and what does he do? He runs over, steals something from the giant, and leaves. <laughs> then, the next day, he comes back <laughs> to steal more stuff. Um, what does he steal the first time? He steals gold. Gold. Uh, and then he's, and then there's the harp. He steals, like, an egg, Oh, oh he right? steals a golden egg second. Yeah. Because they spend all the money, right? And then he comes back with the money spent. They steal a That's golden egg. That's what it is, yeah, yeah. And then he comes back <laughs> for the harp. For the harp, right. The um, magic harp that plays itself. Yeah, and he takes the harp, and then the harp yells. The, <laughs> the harp speaks, and it says, Master, Master. It says words yeah. in English. And um, so the the husband ogre hears that and starts chasing after Jack. Jack climbs down the beanstalk, um, calls for his mom to get the axe. His mom comes, he takes the axe, he chops the beanstalk down. Bada bang, bada boom. Giant falls, uh, dies. He gets to keep the harp, and he marries a princess at in the in the epilogue. Really? Yeah. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah, he marries a princess. <laughs> might as well. He's rich. He marries a princess. Yeah, might, might as well. I guess. <laughs> and that's it. You know. Listening to the recap of that story makes it sound so much more ridiculous than it's ever sounded to me. Yeah. So, and that's my thing about this story, is it's one of my favorite fairy tales because it's one of the least ridiculous. And a lot of ridiculous stuff happens. It's true. But what I mean by that is if you take a story like Rumpelstiltskin, if you talk about character motivation in Rumpelstiltskin, what's going on with Rumpelstiltskin? We did talk. I mean, we, we talked we've about done it. a whole episode. We, we did a whole episode. But yeah, but please go listen to it. It's a great one. Um, but real talk, Rumpelstiltskin, <laughs> he is fine with taking this baby, but he's just gonna bow when she guesses his name. Like, yeah, what? Why not just be like when she guesses Rumpelstiltskin? Why not be like, no, that's not it, and then keep the baby, right? Like, he also he's can, clearly not a good guy. Why is he following that rule? Right. He also can weave gold. So, like, why does he need to barter with this Right. Character motivations sort of fall apart in almost every fairy tale. Jack and the Beanstalk, not really. Like, every everything sort of makes sense. Like, the, the giant wants to eat this kid. He loves the taste of an Englishman. Yeah. That's fine. Jack... He needs to sell the cow. He gets these beans. He believes... Like, right. e everything so, that goes on, like, makes sense within I, this fantasy world. I think you could argue that him going back for the harp doesn't make that much sense. He's just I greedy, mean, it, you know? Right, it could just be hubris yeah, at that point. There's, yeah. There, there exists a type of person who would go back up for the harp. That's true. You know? Whereas, there's a lot of inconsistencies in what's going... And there, you know, there are 
we'll see. There are a few in here that uh, that we're going to have to talk about. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about, but there are a few in here that I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll get there. What do you think the moral of Jack and the Beanstalk is? Um, I think that the intended moral <coughs> is you need to, like, you need to go out and take what you need. Yeah. And like I I got some feelings about that, but I that seems to be what he's saying. I think you're right. I also I also I've always felt like don't be greedy comes from it, you know? But he's rewarded for being greedy he every is, single time. He gets away, but he almost doesn't, you know? But I mean I've, I've always seen cool it. Stuff. He gets to marry a princess for some reason. That's true. He does win in the end. Um, but I've always felt like. That's like one of my problems with this <clears throat> is he doesn't act in like a, a very moral or just way yeah. and is constantly rewarded for it. Yeah. Which is, I mean, hey, the fact is that that is a pretty realistic lesson. You know, I agree. Here's here's the way I, I think it's it's a sh- it's a very short story. It's a fairy tale. You know, they can't include that much detail. What the character arc that you could perceive in here is he goes up, he takes the thing. haha, I got away. He goes up, he takes the thing. haha, I got away. He goes up, he takes the thing. It talks. Uh Oh, being greedy wasn't smart because now the giant's coming to get me. I've learned my lesson. Now it's time to act under pressure and figure out a way out of here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he does get in trouble for it. He almost gets killed. He's the hero of the story, so he does win in the end. But I right. do see it as like, oh, I've realized I've made a mistake. You know, and he lives happily ever after, after realizing that he shouldn't be greedy. And I don't he, know if that's what is intended, but i that's the way that I choose to. He learns something. Yeah. He learns what is... <laughs> he learns what his limits are maybe yeah. you know like some people you either get people who don't test their limits at all and have no idea what they're capable of or you have people who go too far uh-huh. and like something bad happens in a skydiving accident or something right. like that um so maybe he finds his limit yeah it's not the modern moral version of the story you know no in that version he gets caught by the giant and he has to give all this stuff back and he has like this awful moment and then he learns his lesson and then something happens right. so that everybody can be happy. Right. Which is why I feel like we got to like dice a little bit to get a moral out of the original yeah. text or at least a, a moral moral right out of the original text. And that's fine. You know, I don't think everything has to have a nice, like, like Northwood point Northwood northward pointing like <laughs> northwood moral compass to it yeah like in a story some things just aren't like that northwood's a good fantasy setting <laughs> northwood is a good fantasy setting okay let's get in the nonsense now oh the setting of this do you want to bobby and i debriefed a little bit about the setting before we started and the fact is it's england it's probably england yeah it's probably england we went through a whole thing trying to figure out about like what beans are in England and where do beans where come beans from come and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Beans are pretty much everywhere. Yeah, right. So green, green beans 
and this is, you know, Chris did his research. Green beans come from the Americas. Right. Um, and then went everywhere. I mean, they're cultivated all over the place. And but by this time, you know, people in England have beans. So, yeah. Yeah. Just England. Just England, probably. Yeah. Fantasy so England. Yeah. So let's dissect this whole thing. Let's do it. Uh, nonsense. What, what do we got? Well, mom, Jack, cow, that makes sense. That's Go fine. sell your cow. Go sell the cow. Um, the first thing we run to, and you very articulately mentioned this in your recap, that he meets this bean man. Right. This crazy bean man who knows his name already. Yes. Um, I don't think that's nonsense, but I think we need to explain it away at least. Right. Let me let me actually expand on this a little bit. Yeah. On the Bean Man. Okay, so Bean Man knows his name. A. B. Um, there's this whole interaction. And this isn't nonsense. I do want to point it out, though. What happens is he says, do you know how many beans is five beans? <laughs> in so many words. And Jack says, yeah, two in each hand and one in your mouth. Yeah, that's right. I guess... I feel like five would have been a sufficient answer. <laughs> yep. You, you just want to weird, weird kid. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, yup, that is, that's the answer I was looking for. Good. That's how, that's just one of the things we all know in England is that two in each hand and one in the mouth is five. <laughs> I have no idea what that is supposed to mean. Something Lost about... in translation. I guess it's like addition. Do you know, you know. How do you do know, know when you have five? Oh, well, this is how, except... Could be. Well, I feel like one in the mouth has something to do with eating and being fed. You know? Oh, like, you think there's some there metaphorical... There could be some actual metaphor Resonance going on? Okay. There could, yeah. it, it, it has, like, that vibe of, like, adage, you know? Oh, okay. And you think that he's just being kind of like a little, little smarty pants. Yeah, maybe. Saying, maybe. Two in each hand and one for me to eat. Could be. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But it's Not a, nonsense. We, it's, <laughs> it's a very weird question to begin with. And yeah. Answer. Yeah. I don't know. Seems rehearsed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he knows his name. Yep. Um, he wants this cow. So you got to talk about why he wants the cow. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has these beans. And the th- okay, so if the thing was like these are just beans, then the whole thing makes sense. He learns his name because he's an adult, and it's easy to do things when you're an adult. Like it's easy to know kids' names, right? And yeah. I would say that this is almost assuredly a small town. Exactly, it's not unreasonable to think that every adult there knows who Jack is. Yeah, or at least could figure it out. Like maybe Jack was just talking to somebody else about the cow. And the guy overhears the conversation, hears that he's Jack, and is like, ooh, I'm going to be the magic man. And yeah. you're like, hey, you're Jack, I don't know who you are. Here's these five beans. Uh, they're magic. Give me your cow. So I can eat your cow. That all adds up. Right. Except, except, the beans actually are magic. Right. So did this guy know he had magic beans? I feel like he did. Because what are the chances he's going to guess, he's going to make up that they're magic beans, and also they actually are? Well, so here's the problem, Bobby. Yeah. The beans aren't magic. Ah, oh, you're right. Because magic isn't real. You're right. I'm th- I'm getting too into it. Yeah. You I'm getting I'm getting bamboozled. Pull yourself out. We got to get rid of all the nonsense. Yeah. There is no magic. So, 
Oh boy, that's oh, so there is no magic open. because that's not possible. Thank you. Yes, I know that's like a big thing to reckon with. Yeah, sorry, sorry, okay. I I really slipped up it's okay. there. Okay, we get we all get caught up sometimes. It's, you know what it was? It's because we did the Doctor Seuss episodes and we allowed so much. We had to have a little bit more latitude there. <laughs> but you're right, we're back in it. No magic. What's going on here? Well, let's finish up with him first. Sure. Just so we can kind of plow through it. Um, I don't think he, there's any nonsense going on. He, like you said, he wants the cow to eat it. That's pretty reasonable. The cow is lots of meat, even it, even if it doesn't give you milk anymore. Okay. Um, and he's thinking, I just have to say that these beans are magic and I get so much cow. That right? makes sense. But then what happens with the beans? So that's a good question. <coughs> so everything's totally on the level up to the point where he brings the beans back. Sure. Okay. And then his mom is like, what are you, dumb? Which, you know. Oh. Is. No, so, you just, I mean, you answered it. I don't know if this is what you were thinking. I don't want to step on your toes. Go ahead. I but, was I was kind of just walking us. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, he comes back and his mom is like, you you dumb idiot. You're so dumb. Yeah. How do you, you, you are so dumb. You yeah. dumb, dumb child. <laughs> And then he goes to bed, he's upset. His mom feels bad. Uh-huh. And that's why there's a beanstalk in the morning. Because okay. she feels... Uh, they lost the cow either way, right? Yeah. Um, okay. They lost the cow either way. So she's awake. She's thinking, oh man, we're going to starve to death. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what am I going to do? And then she has this moment where she's like, we're going to starve to death. That's what that's the situation. And I just called my son a dumb idiot 11 times. <laughs> and that's not that's not good. Like he was doing he w- he was doing his best. Yeah, you don't want that to be the last thing you said before you starve. Right. Death. And if we're going to starve <laughs> to death, I might as well let him think he did a good job. So what she does. You tell me what she does. <laughs> Well, first of all, I just want to, like, point out, once again, the role of irresponsible parent. Yeah. <laughs> as in every children's story. What? Um, what does she do? Well. How old is Jack? How old do you think he is? Like, what what number do you picture? Uh, he's not. Well, oh, wait, wait. We're going to go one, two, three and say the number that we think. So get a number in your head. One, two, three, eight. eight. Yes. Good. Yeah, he's that was eight. Magic. I knew Not you were gonna like say. The beans. I knew you were gonna say eight, and I knew that I thought eight. Yeah, that's why I suggested we do one, two, three. Nice. I'm glad it didn't blow up in our faces like <laughs> most things. It would have been good though. <laughs> yeah. If you were like 14. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So what does she do? She doesn't make a real beanstalk. That's not possible. Perhaps. <laughs> Paper mache. <laughs> I wonder if. She, while he's sleeping, mm-hmm. she picks him up and like brings him somewhere else where maybe there's like a giant tree or something. You think this kid doesn't know what a tree looks like? I think he's so distracted by the story of the beanstalk uh-huh. that he's just seeing, he's seeing what he expects to see. Excuse when he me, wakes up. Yeah. 
okay. You know. Let's, so when he wakes up, when he per- wakes perhaps up. Perhaps like actual quotes from the text could here's, here's make or break this. He drops off to sleep. When he woke up, the room looked so funny. Not his room, it's a different house. The sun was shining into part of it, and yet all the rest was quite dark and shady. So Jack jumped up and dressed himself and went to the window, and what do you think he saw? Why, the beans his mother had thrown out the window into the garden sprung up into a big beanstalk, which went up and up and up till it reached the sky. So, 100%, you're right. The room's dark, and it looks funny. It's different than it's ever been. The sun's coming in a little bit. Yeah. And that's it's because it's a different room different he gets up he gets dressed just being confused looks out the window he doesn't have to look around he doesn't have to go downstairs he doesn't have to see like he's in a different place he Mm -hmm. he sees the beanstalk now here's the problem it stretches up to the sky you and i have had this conversation before (laughs) (laughs) multiple times and i would like all the listeners to think about where does the sky begin? Okay. By our definition that we've agreed upon in the past, it's impossible for the tree to stretch into the sky. Right. right? Technically. Right. Um, if it's, I mean, yeah, I, we'll, we'll go back to that. I think here's what the here's where it hinges. The kid climbs up. Jack, sorry, he's not the kid. He's Jack. Jack mm-hmm. climbs up, whatever it is. Right. And when he gets up to the top, there's like. A platform of some sort mm-hmm. with two very large people. Right. And you see what I mean? I do. Treehouse? A treehouse. Tree okay. House. We could we could do that. Okay. It's a treehouse. Treehouse. Um, um okay. two very large people. They could just be tall, regular people. Very tall people, yeah. And he just hasn't seen people that tall before because he's... He's a small kid. He's a small kid, and he just has a small family. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Two very tall people in this treehouse. Okay, that makes sense. And here's another thing. It was a very foggy day. Uh-huh. It was so foggy that the fog went below the treehouse. Yeah, so you looked, looked like up, clouds. and it looked like... This big tall tree is going all the way up to the sky. Yeah, yeah. Look, nature does illusions like that all the time. Exactly. Like um, when the Titanic sank, there was a whole thing about the mist and the temperature, or not the mist, but the way the temperature interacted with the water and the light that literally prevented them from seeing the iceberg. Yeah, it was like literally impossible to see, and it. Like, yeah, they didn't have their binoculars, which was stupid, but it was literally not possible to see it. Um, so, there's, like, evidence that optical illusions like that can happen in nature all the time. Yep. Cool. Um, Who are these people? Yeah, so... I, Does she know them? Here's or is an A or B. Yeah, here's the A or B. Either she just found the first treehouse she could find, or maybe she just found this tree... That stretched up and looked like it went into the sky because it's so cloudy. And she's like, perfect. Mm-hmm. And then <coughs> it just happened to be that there were there was a treehouse up there that she couldn't see either because yeah, of the fog. Yeah, it's a coincidence. Why not? And there's some people in there. But what's this house? Is this like a friend's house? A relative? 
Hmm. Let's see. Is this another Polar Express kind of situation? I don't think so, because she wouldn't have them... I mean, well, A, because that kind of thing, like a service like that, wouldn't exist in this time period and she yeah. can't afford it. I'm not saying there's start. necessarily a service. What I'm saying is this, like, maybe... Something about the cow. Whatever, we'll get back to that. If if you, you follow what I'm saying here. I just feel like there's so so many loose ends. So what if it's like this? They don't actually have a problem with money. Okay. There's some other problem. Something with the cow, maybe something with Jack. And mom, who has plenty of money, is like, here's what I'm going to do for my son. I'm going to get this guy. And that's how the guy knows his name. Because his mom essentially hired this guy mm-hmm. to be like, listen, my son's going to come into town. And, yeah, my son's going to come into town. You stop him before he even gets to town, which is what happens. Right. He goes out. He barely walks at all. And this man just approaches him and knows his name. So you stop him before he gets to town at all and take the cow, give him these these beans called magic beans. And then he's going to come home and the whole shebang happens. Mm-hmm. And And here's some evidence. At the end of the story, what? So evidence number one during the story, this guy stops him before he even gets to the town. Knows that he's coming. Knows his name. All that. That's A. B. At the end of the story, Jack takes the axe out of his mom's hands. She's too afraid to cut down the thing. He takes it. He does it. He like really gets a backbone during this story. You know. That's true. That's so. What if that was like the impetus for doing this whole thing? Is I want to teach my son whatever lesson. So I think, <coughs> like, two things. Okay. Number one, I think if you want to teach a kid, like, it's time to grow up. There are easier ways to do it. We're starving to death, literally, is a better motivator to, like, grow up yeah. than this staged thing that's true you know. it did start with we're starving to death though. right the other thing is i i feel like the um the amount of uh just like it just require a very high level of like machiavellian like hijinks yeah there's there's a lot going on for it to be that yeah it's also been it's also it feels kind of we've had a lot of those before Mm -hmm. where it's been this character wants to manipulate someone else's way so they created yeah and that yeah that's that yeah i i kind of like the idea of there's this house with a tree or this tree with a tree house in it and they're just accidentally, or or there's accidentally a tree house with people in it. That that's fine, but we still have to sort out what this house is that she went to. Right. So, if she has access to this whole other house, how is you know? Right. Perhaps it's. Well. Hmm. Why is she Why is she selling Milky White when she could be selling the other home she owns? Perhaps it's an abandoned house. 
Okay. Like, in the or forest. That, what she thought was an abandoned house. What she thought was an abandoned house. But only looks abandoned because the people who live there moved into <laughs> the tree house. Exactly. That's what happened. They built a tree house and they were like, like, did you ever build a tree house when you were a kid? No. Okay. So you build a tree house when you're a kid and you're like, I just want to live here. Yeah. This is better. This is way cooler. It's higher. <laughs> it's, and it's in a tree. It's in a tree. I have comic books here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Our tree house was never that good, but we, we tried. We tried a little. Oh man. I've never built a tree house. Something I missed out on okay um anyway i think that's what happened yeah like so that's why they went to that house because the oral tradition was that that place was abandoned mm -hmm. and uh she figured that'd be the perfect place to make my kid feel like he's not a dumb dumb stupid dumb idiot yeah you know so, and this is yeah and there's a tree she... next to it yeah mm -hmm. then he climbs up which she was not expecting right and there are people up there which she was just like our house is dilapidated let's just move into this one why yeah. not like, you know we'll how... starve here instead yeah and like if you're gonna play a game with a kid like you wanted to say like make them believe that there was a giant beanstalk you'd be like look at this giant beanstalk even though it's a tree right and yeah it'd be like so it doesn't it doesn't matter a... if it's a tree yeah you know because this it's a young he's eight and really he's just not very bright so she's just like, whatever, I'll just tell him it's a beanstalk. He'll feel better. We'll starve to death. It'll be fine. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <clears throat> okay. So, yes. So it goes up there, and there are these two people. Right. Who who are the homeowners. Right. There's one person, actually. Well, he meets the, the, the wife. Yeah. Do we ever see the... The, the, the husband. husband, yeah. Until... He... Well, yeah, he comes back, and you hear his voice, and he comes in. Yeah. I mean, okay. he, he, like, comes home, right? Let me check the text. Yeah, so he meets, he meets the ogre's wife. Um, she's not so bad after all. She took him into the kitchen, gave him a hunk of bread and cheese, a jug of milk. But Jack hadn't half finished these when thump, 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 the whole house began to tremble with the noise of someone coming. Yeah, so I've always seen it as like he's Which, out and he comes home. It makes sense that the whole house shook. Because he's climbing up the tree house. Yep. yep. That's what happens. Yep. Um, <coughs> so just these two tall, it's just these two tall married people who live in a tree house. Right. Um, he comes in, Jack runs away. Um, here's an interesting thing. Yeah. The husband, when he comes back, says, Yeah, he doesn't. Be fi fo fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Yeah, he doesn't say, Hi, honey. He be says, he Be alive, alive or be, be dead. dead. I'll have his bones to grind my, my bread. bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then his wife, his wife says, Nonsense, dear. You're dreaming. <laughs> Or perhaps you smell the scraps of that little boy you liked so much for yesterday's dinner. <laughs> okay, um, so they're they're cannibals. They eat children. They I mean, they have. They must. There's no other way to explain. Un we could perhaps say that there's, and we've never really dove into this subject before. 
but maybe there's a level of psychedelics involved. Wait, no, I figured it out. Okay, fee fi fo fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. That's weird. But what he's essentially saying is, I smell a person here. Weird thing to say. It's a weird guy. Okay, be alive, be dead. I'll have his bones. You know why he wants his bones? He wants his teeth. He wants the teeth bones. Okay. He doesn't want to eat this kid. He just wants his. He wants his teeth. <laughs> is that like? Is that less weird? Yes. Now listen. Is he a dentist? Um, he's probably an amateur dentist. <laughs> no, because listen, listen. So, um, what is it? You the that little boy you liked so much for yesterday's dinner? It's just a kid that he liked, and they had him over for dinner. That's all that means. I'll have your bo- his bones to grind my bread. He, this man, doesn't have his own teeth, so he can't chew his food, okay. grind his bread. He needs, <laughs> he's looking for other people's teeth. Okay, but be he live or be he dead. Yeah, I mean. a little bit sinister. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's not a nice guy. I'm saying I want to take this, yeah, well, it's sinister because he's going to take his teeth. Right. There's, there's so someone up here. you're just saying that they're not cannibals. I'm saying they're not cannibals. They kill children and use their... Wouldn't you only have to do that once, though? I'll have his bones to grind. Yeah, and they've never succeeded before. But she just told him... Or he... he, She just clarified that he was smelling a kid he already ate. No, no, no. That we had over for dinner. A kid that you liked. What, what, is, what does she say? What's the quote that she okay, says? Okay, sure. Or perhaps you smell... <laughs> <laughs> I think I won. No, you didn't. You didn't. You're going to think you won, but you didn't. I'm just going to read it, okay? okay. I'm not going to laugh. Or perhaps you smell the scraps of that little boy you liked so much for yesterday's dinner. The, they invited this kid over for dinner. Okay? This kid was was prime for the teeth taking, but... The guy liked the kid so much that he's like, I can't take his teeth. We're just going to eat dinner with him. That's why she's saying, you just smell, and the scraps are just, you know, his dirt or whatever. <laughs> why would he think that smells like an Englishman? Because uh, that's... No, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, well, that's why. It's, look, she's making excuses. She's. <laughs> I'm just saying, why don't you want them to be cannibals, Bob? I just like the just idea that he the wants facts. the teeth. <laughs> Fine, they're cannibals. <laughs> No, okay, it it doesn't matter if they can't. Maybe yeah. So maybe the cannibals and they eat kids, but also he wants the teeth. <laughs> he can want the teeth too, Bobby. He needs them to chew up the food to grind uh, the bread. Okay, if that's he can't important, do it with his own bones if anymore. That's important to you. Oh my gosh, so bad, so bad at this improv. It's but it's yes and. Sorry. <laughs> um. Oh, bunch. He wants the teeth. No, you're right. This because it's the scraps of the little boy. So yes, they 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 eat this child. All right, we're yeah. almost there. Yeah. So they're cannibals, and <coughs> that's why it's scary. Yes. 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 And um, the stealing the gold is fine. That's all fine. Yeah. The uh, why do they have all this cool stuff up in this treehouse? That's what you put in a treehouse. I guess so. Cool stuff. They just really like the treehouse. They just really, 
Like, they're a very well-off family with all this, like, cool, eccentric stuff. Yeah. But they also just want to live in a tree. Yep. <laughs> Can't fall them for that. live in trees, and it's dope. Have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Flies? No. Different book. Um, the next Lord problem... of the Dance? I love that song. All right. Um, the <laughs> the next problem is the, the the hen and the golden eggs. The hen that lays the golden eggs. The golden, the golden eggs. Golden, 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 golden. I can't do that voice. The the the, the hen that lays the golden eggs goldine. is the next problem goldine. because that's not a goldine. thing. Golden. <laughs> You're right. Think. And perhaps it's. Uh, it's, Easter eggs. Just painted the, painted Easter eggs. But they come out golden. Yeah, because they painted them and put them back in the chicken butt. Right, but <laughs> but Jack steals it. Yes, and Jack steals it, and then they make golden eggs. Okay. Right, so he would. And that's what like that's another thing that points to this Machiavellian plot, because it's like they load this chicken up load its butt up with these eggs so that Jack steals the chicken and thinks that they're golden eggs. But his mom definitely didn't do that. I so, don't think so. So, I just feel like there's a little more going on. Like, I think maybe these people in the treehouse know a lot more than they're saying. <clears throat> so the mom the mom's innocent she she has had the motivation that we've said and she she really thinks she's gonna start death she brought jack here brought him to this place and it happens to be that there's fam this family up here but the family oh, but, but how do they know he's coming is it possible i feel like they're in league with the guy who sold the beans because he well, knew maybe. he knew the name he intercepted him before he got to the town he knew where he was going knew to stop him so right. like if she didn't tip him off someone did but then the mother brought him somewhere totally different right so what so. if the mother didn't know what to do right uh -huh. so she leaves the house that night after jack goes to sleep to look for somewhere to do this guy with the beans intercepts her before she gets far just the same and says hey i know the perfect place okay i'll take that and then brings them to this place okay see cool. what i'm saying so we have i like think that's a, something we have a man in the shadows a man a man in the shadows yeah maybe he works for the the two cannibals maybe his job is to, like, oh is to get a kid there meat. get a kid there yep yeah yeah that makes sense so then let's figure out this golden egg situation is, is it possible that it, it's maybe it's not a hen it's some other bird that lays an egg that's gold ish that's possible i still feel you know? like they if they know this kid is here why are they letting him get away twice because the harp talking, that's not real. You know what no. I mean? So that's something, too. That's another part of something. So I feel like they know this kid. Like, they let him get away the first two times. Right. And the Did third time is when they're going to descend upon him. 
Perhaps he genuinely escaped the first two times. Maybe, they but... They can't reveal themselves below, because then the jig is up. Maybe, right? but the wife lets him get away. That's true. You know? Like, what's to stop her from turning on him as soon as the husband comes home? Unless she is, like, legitimately isn't okay with her husband eating maybe these she's, kids. Maybe she's not into... She's not into it, but she feels kind of, like, trapped in this situation. Yeah, okay. especially back in the 1800s. Sure, yes. Okay, so Makes that's sense. what's going on. He really does get away, then. Sure, and it's a bird that just happens to, like, old eggs. All right, fine. That's all well and good, but then we do have to uh, figure out this harp. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, ventriloquism? Yeah, yep, that's what it is. Maybe. It's ventriloquism, and it's the guy, the bean guy, he's down at the bottom of the tree. And he sees this all going on. And so Jack attributes it to the heart talking, but it's actually this guy calling up the tree, saying, Master, Master, mm-hmm. he's getting away. Yeah. And yeah. Jack, being an eight-year-old boy who doesn't know that this guy's down there, is like the harp is talking yeah yeah got it okay it also makes sense how at the end when he chops the tree down the giant actually falls out yeah that doesn't really make a lot of sense <clears throat> in the original story no it doesn't it make like any sense their house is in the clouds so why would so yeah a their house is in the clouds b this beanstalk would go up so high that if you were to cut it down it would kill people for sure it would destroy build i mean just how and another thing is, like, how many miles can you see up? A few. Like, certainly. very, very far. Far enough that chopping down this beanstalk is not, you know, it's not going to work like chopping down a tree. Right. I mean, think about, like, the tallest building in the world falling down. Yeah. This is bigger than that. Much, but yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot of, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that makes sense. It does. It all makes sense. Okay, are we missing anything? Um, he gets the golden harp at the end, which is worth a lot of money. He marries a princess. Yeah, I mean, it's a golden harp. A golden harp would be worth a lot of money, period. Yeah. So it makes sense that he becomes some level of wealthy. And mm-hmm. I guess wealthy enough to find favor with a princess. I guess so. And, uh, yeah. That's yeah, it. weird. This is a tough one. You gotta want... So, one thing that's bugging me is what's up with Jack's mom? Because he comes down from this treehouse and he has this stuff and his mom's like, oh, cool. Have you ever... I'm not gonna look into that at all. <laughs> Have you ever made a mistake? No. Next question. Oh, okay. <laughs> Has anyone ever made a mistake? <laughs> Has and, someone you know. <laughs> and rather than owning up to it, Kind of. You like, just try to like make it work. Yeah. Okay. And you create more problems. It, it's like a pretty typical formula for a TV show or a story. Yeah. Right? But it. You it's know, happened to me in real life before. Yeah. And I'm sure that that's what happened with Jack's mom. Yeah, here. because she's like starving. You know, yeah. she's not gonna look this gift horse in the mouth. Mm-hmm. She's not gonna look at the gift horse at all because she doesn't want to see that it's actually a dinosaur. That's going to eat her. Yeah. She wants to believe it's a horse. Yeah. But it's not. It's, not. it's a gift cannibal. A gift cannibal. She doesn't want to look the gift, gift <laughs> cannibal in the mouth. 
So she doesn't. And she says, we were going to die. So whatever this is that's making this happen is better than that alternative. So I'm going to go with it and enjoy while it lasts. Mm -hmm. And she was right. It paid off for her. Yeah, lucky. Mm -hmm. Um, A new moral for this. Oh, man. What a long episode. We really stress this one out. Moral of the story. Um, you got something? It's good to be lucky. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to be lucky. Because all of this is just a lot of good luck and then bad luck and then good luck. Um, I, um, a complicated plan is not necessarily a good plan. I feel like we've learned that a lot of times. Mm-hmm. but we I don't think we've ever said it as a moral, but I think that's definitely a moral of this. Because, like, the, these three, the two cannibals and the one bean seller, come up with this whole complicated plan to lure kids here. Mm-hmm. But really, like, the part of the plan that matters is catch this kid when he's up there, and they can't do it. Right. And that is so... Yeah. All these steps are for nothing if you can't make that one step that counts count. Yeah. It's the difference between playing, like... A competitive game for fun and playing it to win yeah like you play melee right and it's I, like if I you want to win you play fox if you play there's so many problems with what you just said but yeah sure you get what i'm saying though um all right better analogy if you want to have fun, you do all these crazy combos and stuff, and you just show off all your cool skills. If you want to win, you, you just you yeah you, you just, just do edge. the you just do the lame stuff and, and right. kill them as quick exactly. as possible. So like the the this like triad of people, they're just not playing the meta of life. Yes, they're trying to win in a fun way, and it doesn't pay. Off. They're trying to win in the fun way. Yeah, don't you, winning is not about fun. <laughs> yeah. You can have fun, or you can win. Those are pretty much the options. Those are, you can sometimes you can do both, but there are two different things. Yeah, yeah, and like if you want to win a lot, you kind of just have to do the same boring, efficient thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for having fun, though. I like both. Winning, winning's good. It's important to win sometimes. Yeah. If you never win, you're gonna be in bad shape. Yeah. This has been Robert Hoffman. And this has been Chris Panico. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of No Nonsense Storytime. Join us next week. We're going to be talking about The Tailor of Gloucester by Beatrix Potter. I'm pretty stoked about that. Yep. This is a story I am not familiar with at all. Uh, it was a suggestion we got from... Who's this suggestion by, Chris? Um, Heather. She's my future sister-in-law, actually. Thank you, Heather. Um, yeah. And I remember watching the Beatrix Potter like animated films a lot when I was a kid and I haven't really experienced Beatrix Potter since then so Mm -hmm. I'm excited to read it now as an adult yup in the meantime if you'd like to get in contact with us you can go to I almost said nonsensestorytime.com that's not a thing nope it is not nope but nonsensestorytime at gmail.com you can send us your emails about suggestions thoughts comments check us out on Facebook no nonsense story time yep listen to us on itunes spotify Castbox, or wherever else you can get podcasts we would love if you subscribed 
left a review. Yeah. Things like that. It's good to know that people are listening and find out what they think, even yep. if it's bad. You, yeah. But especially if it's good, though. <laughs> especially if it's good. We like those. Um, and we'll see you next week. Yup.